everybody. Welcome back to Love That For You. If you got a glimpse of Pat and I fighting, that's because we do everything together these days. <laughs> right before Julia started recording, and I don't know if she caught it when she recorded, oh, I was be, I was getting it. yelled at. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, it was because I burped. Not only does Pat burp, he oh, does it goodness. so loud that it's just like, it's such a, it's a turnoff for it, me. It came from deep. It was a big burp. You have like indigestion problems. Oh my goodness. Anyway, um, we just had, we were reading through some of our, like, it's what we're going to be reading today, and somebody had said that they just found our podcast, so if, let's just introduce ourselves. For anyone yeah. who's new. Yeah, so if you're new here, we are a husband and wife duo. Um, I'm Pat, and my wife Julia here. We got married officially about a month and a half ago, well, but we had a, a COVID wedding. Uh, which was just wedding. a tiny little one at the courthouse, pretty much, uh, about a year and a half ago now. So our our podcast is really just about sharing life perspective or sharing life updates and um, whatever from a couple's perspective. <laughs> and you're actually here for a good one because this is our favorite episode that we do every month. The first episode of the month, we do an advice column where we ask listeners and followers to send in uh, different things that they're struggling with, things they're thinking about, things that they'd like a little advice on. So Julia and I provide our our insight on some of life's most challenging things. Yeah. So that is today's episode is advice column. Um, but before we get into it, we just I don't we don't really necessarily have any life updates, but there's some stuff that we wanted to just share, talk about. Yeah. Well, I guess also if you're new here or. This is also very new if you're not new here. If you've been here with us from the beginning. I'm opening a poppy. Julia and I launching a business together, called together. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, you've definitely seen us share about it there. I think that's, you know. You the, haven't seen us share it. It's in our bios, so go check it out. Yeah, it's in both of our bios. It's some of the different things we've been sharing recently. And I think that's probably the biggest thing we've been working on together recently um and definitely i think a big priority for both of us yeah um yeah that's something that we've been doing and working on most of our time is kind of going to that right now definitely paths because that's now his full-time job mm -hmm. um let's talk about the show that we've been watching all right i don't know if you guys have heard of the show it's by gwyneth paltrow I think she has two. Mm -hmm. um, they're both kind of similar. One is... So the one is called the Goop Lab. Yeah. Which is something she started. It's a group a of... ago. Yeah. A little bit ago. It's a group of people, I think all women, but I'm not positive because I don't remember off the top of my head, that they just do different experiences together. They explore new adventures. They do kind of unique things and then they come together and talk about them in just really like personal um, ways and it's just really cool perspective and they had an episode from that show that I guess kind of went viral really took off people really liked and it was really focused on sex and I'd say primarily like the female orgasm and female pleasure and so they did this little spin-off um which was a, I guess, a six-part series called yeah. Sex, Love, and Goop. And um, we've been watching that. I guess we just finished it. I don't even know how know, you found it. I think we have it. another episode or two. Oh. But um, actually, one of my friends, in New when I was in New York, she was telling me about it. And she was like, it's so fascinating. You have to watch it. I'm really enjoying it because I think it relates. That's obviously mostly about women. But the other part of it is about couples. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like... <clears throat> Whether you whether you having like intimacy issues or these couples like you know there's one couple that came in and they were basically on the verge of divorce yeah and something they wanted to explore while staying together was their sex life so they're there there's doctors there's therapists coaches mm -hmm. that are like all these professionals and I think they're in California because literally some of the episodes are them doing like physical things to these people as patients yeah it sounds like illegal honestly because but i think it's only legal in like california mm -hmm. um so they they don't shy away from anything they show you all of it they show you everything well they it's, don't show you everything but 
I mean... They show you a lot. They, you kind of do in yeah. some episodes. But... But anyway, so it's interesting to me because... I mean, honestly, to be honest with everybody here, we, I feel like now that we're working together, things are just, you know, we're... <laughs> things not necessarily just like our sex life. Yeah. Our relationship is definitely changing. And not for... Not bad. I think it's just something that we have to kind of figure out. Mm-hmm. And it's been hard at times and it's been great at times. Um, and something that we're like really good at is communication, but it's something that I also feel like maybe we're lacking lately. Mm-hmm. So the and whatever. Besides that point, the series is so cool. It's so good, especially for all the girls out there or anyone who's in a relationship. You guys should definitely watch that. Keep an open mind. Um, and I think it just brings up a lot of like stuff you could talk to your partner about. Stuff that a lot of girls are going through and couples yeah. in general that they literally you just don't talk about. And you feel alone in certain situations, and it just kind of helps you bring to light like you're not. So yeah, I just really yeah. Like I think it. you know when we've done these advice columns in the past, we have definitely gotten some people writing in asking about like um, romantic advice or sex advice, and you know I think um, like our perspective in that was definitely like I mean like it is for all of it, like coming from like our point of view, like a singular point of view. And now that we are married and like our our life has just changed as a couple, it's something that like we're working through a little bit and like, you know, what does it mean for a married couple to be having sex? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that, you know, how do we communicate that? And, you know, I think um, like common things that every couple goes through, like going through that together can be a challenge because mm-hmm. it's sometimes difficult to... um talk about and it's just like a a challenge that every couple is going to go through or not it doesn't have to be like challenge i think like indicates negative when it doesn't need to be negative but the show just brings up so many good perspectives and different ideas and all of like the doctors and therapists in it are like so relatable in like they don't make anybody feel bad about it. They don't like there's no normal to like sex. There's no normal to what it should be or what it shouldn't be. It's like being able to find what works for you guys as a couple or works for us as a couple. And that's like what the show explores. And I think it's helped both of us just think about like different things that we can do to approach our sex life. Something that one of the couples came in and one of the things they do, at the be- they were together for six years. I don't even know if they're married, but one of the things that they do in the beginning is they give them the- these little like written exam tests and the guy came back and it was like one to five, you know, what are you? And like his number five, meaning like the lowest or something was like kinky and his highest was, I forget what it was, yeah. but hers was like her highest was energy. Um... So they just were opposite and they didn't – and like he would always say like, oh, she's, you know, she's not very sexual or she's not very this and I'm trying to figure that out. And then later at the end, they realize that she actually is very sexual, even maybe even like more than he is, but there's just like a disconnect in yeah what's going on. So Yeah, I think of, you know, like we've talked about on here before, like the love languages um, quiz that you can take and it gives you like a scorecard of yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's kind of similar to the quiz that you're talking about that they take, and it gives you these outcomes, and, like, this couple were just so mismatched, at least on, like, the surface, but then they were, like, when they started working with these therapists and and the doctors, it, like, helped them get through, and, you know, I think they came out better, and I think, um, you know, so many of the challenges that, like, individuals, people, couples face with anything um, is because they're, like... You know, I think we get a lot of questions about like personal finances and like, how do I do this or that? And that's just an example. But it's because it's not talked about or taught in like, you know, regular conversations or in school or in anything. And I think that these conversations on this TV show are things that like should be talked about in maybe not school, but like. Well, yeah, because some of the people say like on the episodes, the girl, one girl was like. Um, I grew up, which a lot of people grew up this way, in a family that you don't talk about sex, you don't talk mm. to your kids about sex, like you don't mention anything, like 
And then when you get to the point of actually having sex, which everybody does at some point, most people, Mm -hmm. it's like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You're lost. Like, you know, there's just. Yeah. And definitely I think like, you know, the the porn industry being the biggest driver of expectations for sex. And it's like that's such a bad baseline for what sex is or what sex should be yeah that's like a huge when, thing that they yeah this about. sex love and goop talks about it from a like more holistic approach to like what's better for male and female and everything and not just about you know whatever you learn from the porn industry so well saying that like everything from the porn industry is so not realistic and even the one coach was talking about like something specific that people in porn do a lot and she was like it actually is like not how you would really react in that type of situation yeah um and that must have been a part it, where i fell asleep no, she was talking about that. like the girl breathing oh okay. remember like she's yeah, like breathing yeah. really deeply like all these girls on porn like do that they like breathe so deeply and it's like supposed to be like sexual and i forget what she was saying but like actually like your body to breathe you're like hyperventilating and then your yeah. body's not relaxed mm-hmm. and she's saying that like in what you're supposed to do and what you normally would do is like slow breathing because that's your body being like really relaxed Calm. and like yeah. not in your head and not like you know so mm-hmm. anyway we could do like an entire episode yeah, about that seriously. i feel like but just wanted to bring it up because we started watching it shout out to my friend angela i don't know if you listen but thank you for that recommendation we're not done and i just want to finish it but i think Anybody could watch it, and it kind of just brings attention to, like, something that needs to be normalized, which is, I think, just talking about sex yeah, and that. So, with that, we are will we move on. Get... Wait, what was... What? Oh, I was about to say, are we going to get into it? Yeah. We have some advice to give. Yeah. Um. All right, let me read the first one. All right, so I'll, I'll read the first um, thing that we had written, and it actually came from a DM. So... Hey guys, I just found your podcast last week and have listened to a few episodes. So much fun. I was so inspired by a few of the episodes I listened to about your road trip and taking action to make the most of your own life. I so badly want to take off and work remotely from somewhere new, even just for a month, but my boyfriend and future fiance, to be honest, doesn't have that luxury in his industry at work. Do I leave for a few weeks solo to get my taste of adventure and living elsewhere? Or is that a bad call for our relationship? Okay, so what I'm hearing is that you have the luxury to work remote, which is so cool. You can kind of like work wherever you want and you want to go and take off and work from somewhere that's really cool. I think, yes, you should do that. Your significant other, who's almost your fiance, doesn't have the luxury of doing that, which is something that like Pat and I kind of dealt with a little bit Mm -hmm. um, before he, you know, when he had a different job. But I think that you should, my first instinct is like, you're not married yet you should definitely go explore what is out there and if you have the option of like working remote for somewhere and you can come back whenever you want i think it's definitely worth it um and also you know i think that your your boyfriend can meet you for a little mm-hmm. bit hopefully willing to maybe take like a few days off meet you and then he can come back and you can stay out there i feel like you're not tied down to being married or having kids so like by not going, that would be definitely taking away, like, part of your life, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, you know I think the same way about this that, that you do. It, who knows, your job might change, and then you can't go, or kids might show up, and then you can't go. Or, like, while you have the flexibility and freedom to be able to go, you got to go do it. And, you know, I think it's one of those things that you need to be able to communicate like hey here's what i want to do i want to go and um you know if your boyfriend is able to come like if you're going to go for a month have him come meet you for three days in the middle have him take one or two days off marriage like this you know is it bad for my relationship if i'm doing something without my partner like that's kind of like i think a broken view on what marriage and like a true relationship should be whether you're married or dating or whatever and i'll give you an example So Julia this weekend was talking to some of her friends and some of her friends who are um, want to go to Mexico for New Year's. Yeah. And Julia like came and asked me and was like, hey, do you care if I go to Mexico for five or six days like over New Year's? It's like a girl's thing. Yeah. Just a girl's trip. I wasn't invited. I know. (laughs) 
But like, yeah, my first reaction was like, oh, you're going to leave me home on New Year's by myself. That's like, that's just like my intuition reacting when in reality, it's like, why do I care? Like, if that's we what you want to do, you know? just go do like, um, I will probably actually enjoy being left alone for a little bit and having some time alone. And like, if you know, it's something you want to go do your significant other shouldn't be something that's holding you back. Yeah. And like, just because you're dating or engaged or married or whatever. You could still have separate lives. Doesn't mean you have to do everything together. So mm-hmm. I think you know where Julia and I stand on that. I mean, you got to be able to talk to your your boyfriend and say, hey, here's what I want to do. Start planning it. Make it happen. Involve him as much as you can. Um, don't let him be the reason you don't go. Yeah. Uh, the next one is jealous. I feel jealous over my significant other's success. I hate that I feel that way. How do I change that? Mm. It's kind of interesting. I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely a hard... It's hard. Yeah. So I think um, it's definitely hard. It's something that's going to take time. It's a like introspective, like, this is happening. How I'm reacting, I don't like. So how do I change how I feel about my reaction? And this is like, I don't know if this is bad advice, like fake it till you make it or fake it till you're able to react naturally how you want. But I think a big part of it is like, you know, I don't know. I guess you're not, maybe you're not married yet. And that maybe changes the way you guys think about things. Because I feel like for me and you, our, whatever success you have or whatever success I have is like our success. Yeah. And maybe is this person making you feel like their success is not yours and that it's so separate because I feel like that's kind of like, to me, it seems like that would be a bigger problem if they're like hiding their success from you or they're like bragging about it in your face or like being like, oh my God, I'm so like making yeah. you feel like your success doesn't matter. Um, Because I feel like if you're in a relationship, you really should be like intertwined with success cheering each other on not feeling i think it's okay to feel like a little bit jealous if that's like a motivation Mm -hmm. for you yeah no i think you're definitely right that viewing it rather as his or her success that it's our success like changing your perspective on that obviously how you feel being a little bit jealous is like your initial reaction which is hard to overcome unless you are intentional about taking the steps to like acknowledge And then eliminate and move on from that reaction. Yeah, I think my main point is like, why are you feeling jealous? Like, I feel like there's a reason that you feel jealous and it might be the person Mm -hmm. who's making you feel that way because you should, you really should. And it's not like it's your problem. I'm saying you should feel excited for that person and like, oh my gosh, they're winning. They're winning. Like, you know, you don't want to be in a jealous relationship in general, let alone a relationship that's jealousy based off of like success. Feeling financially like I'm drowning. Any tips on habits to help? I feel like each bill is something I need, though, and I don't know how to just be financially free. Mm. So that's a tough one. <laughs> There's so many things out there on, like, being financially free and, like, what that actually means and how to get there. Yeah. Um. Just, I mean, not, we're definitely not, like, a finance expert. There's a lot of podcasts out there mm-hmm. that could and books that can be, like, very helpful for this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the, you know, our position just because we're not financial advisors is to be like, you know, we can't directly give you tips. Um, but first thing, you're not alone, right? Like this is something that we get so many things written in about. And it's funny because obviously Julia and I are not financial experts. Um, but this is something that even us as individuals and as a couple have had to deal with, like, you know, figuring out personal finances. And the step that you're taking is the first right step is finding somebody or some people or a podcast or a book or something that can help you out because there 100% are solutions out there to what you're feeling. And, you know, I think the big first thing for me is like budgeting, right? Knowing every month if I have You know, if I have my insurances, my car payment, rent, uh, like knowing budgeting what those costs are 
And then, so if I have $1,000 worth of cost, I know every month I make $1,500. That tells me that I have $500 worth of wiggle room. If I know I have $500 worth of wiggle room, but I have these other like credit card bills or longer term bills that I got to pay off, like creating a plan to start using that $500 to pay those off? Or is it into savings? Is it into an investment? And there are so many different options out there. Um, but getting started, putting out a budget, planning, like starting to script a little bit of what your personal finances look like. Yeah. And I think maybe like we talked about this in a different episode. It was like our money episode, but mm-hmm. talked about how like saving, saving isn't necessarily always an option for people right now. So I feel like making a plan, you know, I don't want, and I don't know what kind of job you have or what you can or can't have, but maybe making a plan to like how you're going to make more money, how you're going to maybe have a second job in order for you to be able to start saving. And then eventually down the road, you'll feel way more like free with your money and you'll just be like more comfortable in a more comfortable position. Yeah. And I definitely think that part of the like drowning feeling, part of the stress around personal finances, a lot of times comes from not having a plan. Yeah. Like you're just every month, I got to pay these and I've got this left in my bank account, but I want to go out to friends and um, go out with friends. So I know I can only buy this or this many drinks or I can't afford to go bowling, like, you know, whatever you want to do. But like that drowning feeling, I think oftentimes comes from not having a plan. So sitting down and starting to like game plan, um, I think will really help. Yeah. I think that hopefully answers it. Yeah. helps a little bit i mean i know that it's like hard to give advice on that when you don't know this situation and everyone's in a different situation yeah and we we have done another i think one full episode about it um i don't yeah. know a couple months ago we did a full episode about where we got pretty detailed what i think our personal finances um you know you can go listen to that or you know plug for the brother-in-law the weekly juice pod yeah. episode they always talk about personal finances that's what their um, the podcast whole, yeah. is about so so i'm not gonna fully answer this one because um it says overcoming burnout from work even when you love your job at the core i feel like was last week our entire episode about burnout or we did an episode that was basically like fully about what was it last week wasn't it last week productivity and like no the, the one habit. before we did an episode that was like we talked about uh, overworking yourself. Well, I don't remember the yeah what, what the term I'm looking for. Yeah, I don't know if we did an oh, episode. Like hustle culture. Yeah, definitely hustle culture, but I, that's definitely different than burnout. Okay, we can answer. So burnout is just when you love your job at the core. That's what's yeah, like. like you still love it, but you're getting burnt out. You've been there too long. Yeah. You don't feel challenged. You don't necessarily love the people. Like just you know, you're ready for change. Um, but isn't burnout also like just so much you're working so much it could be that's like what i'm interpreting this like she's yeah. burnt out from work i don't know yeah i guess it yeah could be. I, I guess it definitely could be i mean i think yeah we did the whole episode a couple episodes ago about like hustle culture and like the burnout effect and you know just different things and you know eliminating yourself from that um like that rat race i think is important yeah I mean, I, I think I've experienced burnout. Um, you know, my last job, I was there for um, six years or something. When I got there, I loved it. I loved the people. I still love the people. And uh, super motivated, working really hard. And then it just got down to the wire where it was like, I started to feel a little bit of like the burnout of, am I still loving this? Am I stuck in the, like just on this path of where I'm going? And it was like, that was when we really took it proactive of, okay, we need to do something different. And for us different, that meant me leaving my job and starting a new business. Mm-hmm. But for you, that could be, you know, looking for a new job, looking for a side hustle, looking for something else that's going to spark your energy, spark your interest. Um, hell, even trying to get a new job at the same company. Like, is yeah. there a different role that you could shift into or a different department? Or I think a lot of times like, the monotony of staying in the same thing for a while causes burnout and finding ways to create change can help like, you know, reignite the fire. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, someone wrote prenups. <laughs> I cannot help you with this. Yeah. Did you read that in that? Or? That was just what I, yeah. Um, okay. How to handle husband's family not liking me or giving me a chance to get to know me. They blocked me on social media. I don't know what to do as they don't like me. Um, mm. The not getting to know you is obviously like kind of weird and like that sucks. I feel like um, the first thing I feel like you really need to talk to your husband about that because if he's like letting that happen and like, you know, kind of maybe taking their side on it, then that's like another big problem. Yeah. If, you know, if your family didn't try to even get to know me, I would be like, what's going on? And you would also be like, what's going on? Like, yeah. obviously, family liking your significant other is like a huge thing and a huge like deal breaker. Like, mm -hmm. if there's reasons not to like, if there, if my parents didn't like you for 50 different reasons, we wouldn't be together. Yeah. But if they were like, not just, they didn't want to get to know you, then I'd be like, that's their issue. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there are two parts, like two bits of advice with this. The first part is um, the, the harder bit of advice, which is like, I don't want to say don't care, but like, don't let that stop you, right? If you're going to be you and do you, like do you and don't care about somebody blocking you on social media and that, like there's, you've got to be so like authentically you and like living and being like, don't think, you know, you're what is it, your boyfriend's or husband's family, like, not liking you. Like, don't let that deter you from being you. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second part of advice, I would say, is definitely work through your – is it boyfriend or husband? Did it say they're married? Yeah, I think husband. Husband. Definitely work through your husband on that. I think he needs to be an advocate for you. If you're married, I hope he is. Yeah. And – you know, he needs to be that bridge that connects two things that are what sound like are really important to him. And he needs to, like, own up to that responsibility. I think when you, you know, when you choose to marry somebody, like, that's a responsibility that, that you're taking on saying, I'm going to help integrate you into my family. Yeah. And who knows, maybe it's like a very different, you know, political opinion or a very different lifestyle opinion or a very, like, whatever it is. But there's got to be some common grounds. Like, you can't find two people on this planet that don't have something in common. Mm -hmm. um, and being able to, like, leverage that to help mold the relationship together. Yeah, totally. Is it normal to wonder if you should have spent your 20s alone? Is it normal to wonder? Yes. yes. Heck yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, hell, I'm thinking that way about my 30s, baby. <laughs> I think about that way about my 20s sometimes. I mean, I met Pat when I was 20. Yeah. So I, I alone though, I mean, the until I was 25, we didn't live in the same state. Yeah. So, you know, it depends how you're interpreting it. Um, I met Pat when I was 20. We started dating right away, basically. And for the next five years, we, you know, I'm 27 now. We've been together since then, which literally sounds crazy when I say it out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, But I lived my own life. Like we lived separate lives Yeah. for those years. So... Now you're in your 30s and you're like second guessing that, which is a little scary. I don't think it's not it's not not normal to wonder that. Yeah. Like, of course, I think that's fine. I think you do what you think is right at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say you're like doomed. Like, I feel like there's like ways to there's going to be pros and cons about everything. Like, I think yeah. some people would say they wish they were not single all of their 20s. Like, yeah, I think it just kind of depends on the way you look at it and what your situation is now. And if it was worth it and you're happy now, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely not alone in <laughs> rethinking that. And, you know, I think about, you know, I'm 33. We started dating when I was, what, 27? I was your age. Yeah, um, how weird. Yeah, that's weird. It's like, should I have spent that time alone? Like, no, sitting here right now, I say no. But were there times where I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, we were seven years apart living 400 miles apart like mm -hmm. you better believe there were times where i was sitting there like what am i doing why am it? i not yeah yeah i should be i should be single in my late 20s doing what i want to do living how i want to live and like you know ultimately i think i made the right decision i've you know you think i think <laughs> can't promise but i mean Hopefully. but but have i had that thought yes yeah. hell yes i've had that you thought and i think those. yeah it's definitely um you know you lived your 
20s, however you did, if you're having like, not regrets, but if you're rethinking how you lived your 20s, like that should be a lesson on how to live your 30s. You know, like you don't need to repeat your mistakes or whatever from your 20s. Every time I answer Julia, like, and and she's just like, she's just like, yeah. I feel like I'm like falling. Uh oh. I just got like really dizzy and I'm sitting on the ground. Um, yeah, no, I think that it's definitely normal to have that, uh, those feelings. And I also kind of think you should like, I want to say like, you can, you should be able to like communicate that with your partner if you have somebody. It sounds like you do have somebody. Yeah. I feel like you should be able to tell them. Like, I think that's such a normal feeling and it shouldn't be something you have to hide. Unless it's something you're like, oh, I really feel like I want to be single now. Mm-hmm. Like, then do that, you know? Yeah. But I think if you're just like thinking about it and wondering if your thoughts are normal, then yeah, your thoughts are normal. Definitely. You know? Yeah, definitely normal. I would say for the rest of your life, for the rest of our lives, like you're always going to look back and say, ah, is that what we should have been doing at that point? Should we have been doing something else? And like, mm-hmm. you know, no regrets. Yeah. Um, this is really weird. I'm just like super dizzy. Mm. First date advice. I really enjoy when you and Pat talk about relationships and the do slash don'ts. Hmm. It's been a while since I've been on a first date. Last time I was on first date was with you. Yeah. <laughs> Which was seven years yeah, ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Six and a half years ago. This is actually a really good question because it's, one, it's practical, I think. And because dating is so weird now. It's different yeah. than we. It's different when we started dating. Yeah. There was literally no apps. I don't even I think know. that was a thing when we started dating. Like Tinder was like brand new. Yeah. I mean, the, Tinder's been around for a while, but it's definitely been uh, heightened how people use apps or mm-hmm. different apps. But I mean, for me, I would say like the best dues for a first date is um, like be yourself. I think, you know, don't kind of... Uh, like don't fabricate who you are. I think a lot of people go into dates thinking like, oh, I need to portray myself as blah, blah, blah. When Mm -hmm. it's like, no, go in with your honest self, I think. Um, I would say plan to do something. Mm -hmm. Like have a plan of, okay, we're going to go get uh, drinks. If drinks are going well, like rather than have nothing to follow up, like, okay, we're going to go walk over there because there's holiday yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely have a plan. Like have a plan. And I think you can also have a plan of... Plan um, can change. Yeah, plan can change. But also having a plan of like things that you want to talk about. And what I mean by that is not like, you know, not like a, a script of like what exactly to say or how to say it. Yeah. But like, you know, you're going to sit down, start talking. Hey, how are you? How was your day? Oh, what'd you do? Oh, I did. I did this. And like, okay, a good first point to talk about is work. So talk about work, mm-hmm. that being a big bullet point in your head. It's like, okay, do I want to talk about what this person's educational background is? Like, did they go to college? Oh, where'd yeah, you go to college? Yeah, a few ideas in mind. Yeah. Or like, what do you do in your free time? Like having some questions to fall back on or some like talking points. And I think what that helps with is like confidence, knowing that the conversation won't just run dry. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times like the fear of like, what if I run out of things to talk about? And then that happens. Then you're just like, oh, crap. I don't know how to answer. What do I, I don't know what to do or say? Yeah. And then it's awkward. And then it's like. I think also something you could have in mind is things that you things not to talk about on a first date. Yeah. Um. I don't know exactly like I'm trying to think of like things. I just know some of my friends have gone on first dates and like, you know, they just start talking about things that are just really turnoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. I feel yeah. like my friend Kelly had told me one where it just she was like, I can't believe we're talking about this on the first date. Um, I don't remember what it was, but I think yeah. just have an idea of maybe some things that you're like, probably don't want to mention this on the first date. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a few dates down the road. I don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are definitely some some topics or things you don't want to say or do to fully scare somebody away. Yeah. But yeah, I I do think um, sometimes like the the question before about like regretting anything in your twenties and um, now thinking about first dates. 
I remember one of these, we did our advice column a while ago and somebody was like, do you guys ever worry about missing that like first date feeling? And uh, I guess I probably hadn't thought of that for a while until that question came up mm-hmm. because it is like an interesting thing. And I also think it's like a friend's, like the TV show, the when somebody says like, you're never going to have that first date feeling again. Oh, well, yeah, when... No, like Monica and Chandler are like about to get married and she's yeah. like, she like has a freak out moment and she's like, oh my God, like, I didn't want to bring this up to you, but like, don't you ever worry about not sleeping with anyone else ever again? And he's kind of like, no, because I think about it, how much happier I am with yeah. you and blah, blah, blah. And she's yeah. like, oh, amazing. Yeah. Get married. Yeah. And I think, you know, like the idea of first dates is fun. Yeah. And it should be fun. So make it fun. Yeah. Um, so this one is not letting a mom's opinion get in the way of your life slash relationship as an adult. I'm 27. Um, so I think not only not letting a mom's opinion get in your way, like not letting anybody's opinion get in the way of who you are, what you want to become, what you want to be, who you want to be with. Um, I think it's a little bit of like a mindset of like and i think i said this earlier like just being authentically you and knowing who you want to be what you want to become who you want to be with and just like living that way and that's hard and starting to do that is like the first step i think specifically not letting a mom's opinion get in the way i think about i mean even I feel like, like i do this all the time my mom yeah, yeah. you know it's and I have a really good relationship with my mom and, you know, it's like a very adult relationship. Like we talk about real life things that are hard and challenging and we disagree on some opinions, but it's always like, you know, love and support wins out. It's not like risking our relationship. And I think that like being able to communicate is like the big, um, like the big kicker there of like, if you want, like don't want their uh, opinion to get in the way. Like you need to, like you can talk to them about that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. As you're saying this, I'm like, I also, you know, grew up. My mom was like my best friend. She still is. We always got along, talk about like the deepest things together. And I love her. I know she's listening. Um, But I also think that there is a certain point where you like become an adult and you form your own opinions. And then you realize that like all you really ever want in your life is your mom's opinion. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of like grow up and start realizing that like, yes, you may want their opinions, but they're also just maybe times where you do stuff where you don't want their opinion. Yeah. And I think you have, it's hard that you have to be able to like, let them know that like, I mean, it sounds like your mom is giving you like her opinion all the time in every Mm -hmm. part of your life. And you have to just be like, listen, thank you for your opinion. But I think that like, I actually really know what I'm doing here on this. I've done a lot of this stuff and I and I don't necessarily need your opinion all the time. Mm. I'm a grown up. Like I think you kind of have to be like, a little bit like hard about it. And, like I'm yeah. a grown up now. Like I love you. Um, thank you for teaching me all these amazing things, but I don't necessarily want your opinion. And I feel like yeah. that sounds harsh, but I think like some moms just need that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not about not wanting to hear their thoughts or opinion, but like, Knowing that it's just that, that it is only an opinion that, you know, when I was young and my mom said, don't do this or do that, like you just listen, you don't argue back, you just do what they say. Yeah. And then as like you mature and grow into an adult, it's like, okay, your opinion is your opinion. I'm going to make my own decision and I need you to respect whatever decision I make. I think it's like hard to realize that you have different opinions from your parents too. When you reach a certain age, you're like, oh, I actually don't believe what you taught me or uh, I actually believe something totally different because you form your own opinions. Like you grow up and you're actually able to, your brain is like an adult now and functional and you're like, mm-hmm. I can do this on my own. And I think sometimes it's good for people. Sometimes maybe it's not as good. But yeah, yeah. I think you just have to kind of find a way to like, let them know without obviously hurting them because you know your mom's opinion is obviously they want to give you that and she wants yeah. to be like there for big, you big pride point for her like you're her little baby yeah she wants to take care of you and give you her yeah i think it depends she doesn't want to see you get hurt so she's always going to give her opinion and advice yeah and- i think it depends how like much it's getting in your way you know mm-hmm. like i don't think our parents really give us their opinion that much unless we really ask I mean, I think they do, but I think sometimes it's like, 
take it with you know a grain of salt and like yeah. i think they're very open about that mm-hmm. so yeah i agree um okay how can you forgive someone who hurt you time and time again cut them out yeah depends how I guess, and who but. yeah i think if you're talking about like how do you forgive them for their sake i think uh like you can communicate forgiving them but don't put them in in the same position to hurt you yeah. again mm-hmm. like julia i forgive you for what you did to me that doesn't mean i'm ever going to let you be my wife again or if it's a whatever role that person is like how close you let them get to hurt you in such ways mm-hmm. like keeping them from that um mm-hmm. also sounds like a little bit of like self forgiving like um like you've got to well how can you forgive someone who hurt you time and time again i think what you're saying is exactly what you mean like you need to not let them hurt you time and time again and if you're having a hard time forgiving them you know you don't have to forgive them right away Mm -hmm. and i'm picturing it being like a friend or maybe a relative or something um and if it's friend it's really it's not easy but it's easier to kind of like remove them from your life and maybe just distance yourself and not really feel like you have to be that big person in their life anymore if they're hurting you like you don't need that you shouldn't have a friend like that who makes you feel like that all the time so my i think my point is that like you need to also make it happen so this doesn't happen anymore um and then maybe once you're over it and you realize that this person is not as important as you thought then you forgiving them will be a little easier yeah it's hard yeah it's hard like i don't know if this is like your mom or something you know yeah which is really hard yeah i'm having a uh a brain fart here on it because i had the point that i was trying to say which is aligned with what you're trying to say but i'm trying to like articulate the like personal looking inwards of like forgiving somebody else like it starts with like just because I say I forgive you doesn't mean I actually forgive you. Yeah. Like, I'm still going to, like, you know. Feel the same you. way. Yeah, like, behind closed doors. But it's, like, you know, coming you, – you need to come to terms with what has actually happened before you're able to, like, actually forgive, which is different than just, you know, going and saying I forgive you, you know. Yeah, like, that's why I'm and, saying maybe, like, taking the time, like, you don't have to forgive them right away. You're, yeah. She's asking, like, how do I forgive? And it's, like, sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. Depending on how badly you're hurt. And if it's over and over again, then every single time you're less like likely to want to forgive because mm-hmm. you already did that. Nothing like and didn't work. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely hard. And forgiveness is um, an, a difficult thing to give. Yeah. This one's a little bit lighthearted and mm-hmm. just kind of um, whatever. Designing your home with your boyfriend slash compromising. I feel like you either get like really lucky or not really lucky. Or you get me. No, I mean, I feel like there's couples out there that I know that like love designing their home and they both have amazing creative ideas, which I think can be great. I'm sure that gets challenging too because I'm sure they're not always the same. Um, But usually it's like one person taking over Mm -hmm. the other person's thoughts and ideas. And for us, it's kind of like I think you have thoughts and you care a little bit. For the most part, I don't think you really care that much. Yeah. Um, it yeah. sounds like maybe your boyfriend cares more than you even want him to care. Yeah. And you just have different style and taste. And depending on how much they care, you definitely really have to compromise. Like, this is something I'm not willing to give up. Like, this is the couch of my dreams. I want this. I'm going to get this. And then maybe being like, okay, if he wants certain paintings, mm-hmm. they go in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think this is definitely one of the challenges of, like, if moving in is the next step for you guys, you're starting to learn, like, what it means to be a couple and have to work through these different things and, like, you know, the need for communication and sacrifice and, you know, moving in is only going to, like, exploit the weaknesses in your relationship. And if communicating about decorating is a big challenge, like get ready because here come some more big challenges when Mm -hmm. living together brings out 
more challenges. Um, yeah, a lot of people are asking about like, oh no, that was a different one. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, for me, when we moved in into our after we got married into the Philadelphia, um, like the apartment we moved in first together, for me it was like, okay, I want practicality. Like, I know I like to sit on the couch and I want the couch to be comfortable and yeah. whatever. And so I was like, all right, big comfy couch. I don't care what it looks like. Yeah. Just need to be a big comfy couch. And then it was like, uh, I wanted a big TV. Don't care, like, you know, if it's mounted, if it's there, where it was, whatever. Yeah. I was like, because I want to be able to yeah, watch football. certain things or like, that you care about and other things you don't about the one specific item. I think it's kind of like breaking it down almost, which seems silly, but it's like, if you can do that, like if you guys are like debating on a couch and you're like, this is what I want for it. And he's like, this is what I want for it. This is what I don't care about. This is what I don't care about. Then I feel like it's easier to be like, okay, yeah. now we can compromise. Yeah. And I think we would have been, although it wasn't really like a problem for us, but if we had broken it down a little further, I think we would have made a couple better decisions because like, for example, that big comfy couch we got was white, mm -hmm. which was great for the aesthetic and great for whatever. But one thing we love to do- It was light gray. One thing we love to do is sit on the couch and drink wine. And just like, you know, some of the problems that could have come up are like, okay, if we're gonna, if this room is gonna be our room where we hang out with the boys when they come over, maybe you can put your sports poster up on the wall in there. Yeah. Maybe not in the other room where we're going to have family sit down, you know, mm -hmm. just like, like different things and different ways to think about approaching it. Yeah. Okay. Let's just do one more. Um, this one, I think you'll be good at answering. Uh Oh, because it says living alone for the first time, pros and cons, how to go about it. Thinking about this a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I never lived alone, although I wish I did. And I wish I could now. <laughs> yeah, you can. No, but I never lived alone and I always wanted to at some point. But when I wanted to, I didn't have like money in a career. So I think it would have been harder. Yeah. And one of my best friends lives alone and she like loves it. She yeah. loves it so much. And I'm just like, you know, you just have your own space. Mm -hmm. I think it can be lonely at times, but Pat actually lived alone for a few years. Yeah. I don't know if you like loved it. There were definitely parts of it. So I moved from North Carolina living in a pretty good sized house with two roommates to moving to Washington, D.C., into a studio apartment living by myself. Yeah. Definitely pros and new cons. New city, right? Yeah. Yep. yeah. So it was a, not a new city. I was living alone, and it was a new city that I knew nobody in. So, I mean, definitely pros and cons to it. When I think of, like, the cons, like, yeah, sitting on the couch, eating dinner alone, or um, nobody to help with any of the chores, nobody to, you know, wake up and laugh with, nobody to... Just the things that you would do with somebody else. Just some of that so stuff. So many went. pros and cons. You can be naked whenever but, you want. Yeah. And then definitely like the pros, it's kind of like, you know, the last question we answered about decorating. I got to decorate however the hell I wanted. <laughs> it didn't matter. If I didn't want to do the dishes every night, I could just do leave dishes. Nobody was there to yell yeah. at me. If I was lacking on, you know, laundry, nobody cared. Yeah. If I wanted to watch a show... Nobody was there to say, well, I want to watch this other movie. Or like, You're just pointing out things that we do together. Yeah, <laughs> everything you complain about. Okay. And which was great. One of the, um, I think, was cons for me that turned into one of the pros for me was I did get really lonely, which meant I had to find ways to meet people. And one of the ways for me to do that was I got comfortable going out to get dinner and drinks by myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the first place I remember doing this, um, I forget the name of the because it closed down after like my first year and a half in D.C. It was like a kind of a pizza shop, but had a little I don't remember the name of it, but it had a little bar. I feel like I would. And um, it was always the same two guys in there. And I would like go in and I would probably go in like after their normal rush and I would just I would sit at the bar and I would get a glass of wine and the, the same two guys that were working every night because it was slowing down in the restaurant, they would turn on uh, Wheel of Fortune and they would turn the audio on and they would just watch Wheel of Fortune like while they're working. And I like one time knew one of the answers and I was like, oh, this is what it is. And then they were like, oh, you got it right. So then I started talking to them. And yeah. then like they became friends. And then the one guy, he was like, hey, why don't you take down? And this was a couple of times later. He's like, 
hey, man, you're always in here alone. What's up? I was like, I just don't have very many friends. He's like, oh, I've lived here my whole life. Here's my phone number. Let's yeah. come out with me and my friend. So I like met people that way. Yeah. Or then I started going to this other um, bar and restaurant called Sonoma, which if you're ever in D.C., I 100% recommend. <laughs> and I started meeting um, one of the – it went through one of the bartenders there. His name was Juan. And just the same type of thing, like, you know, sitting there, there having the dinner and drinks. Mm -hmm. I meet Juan. And then Juan introduces me to Flavio, who's the um, bartender at one of the other bars. And then they introduced me to the host, which was uh, Shari. And it just was like, you know, it was how I met people. So it was like long-winded way of saying, like, the con of being alone enabled me the opportunity to go meet new people. But it meant I had to go do things alone which yeah. I was completely fine with. I think something I would say that you should do, I think it's going to be such a great experience. I'm so excited for you because I, something that I wish I did. Um, but I think something you can do is write down, literally write down pros and cons and all of the pros you have, take advantage of every single one. Mm -hmm. And then all of the cons, find like written solutions for each con. Like don't know anybody. Then write down three things that you're going to do to try and meet people. And whether you accomplish all of them or not, whatever but at least you have kind of like a sense of like i you know what you're going into you have your pros which is i can eat whatever i want whenever i want amazing i'm gonna take advantage of that because it's not always going to be like that mm -hmm. i don't have to do my laundry today great spend five days not doing your laundry because one day you're going to be doing your kids laundry like just yeah. things that you're like this is not going to be my life forever like take full advantage of it and the things that are the cons just try and find solutions to like what you're to make you feel better because a lot of times the cons outweigh the pros in like the long run, but yeah. Okay. <sighs> I can't breathe. That was um, good. I, I feel bad when I can't get to all the questions because I don't know if some of you guys write in multiple each week or each month because we didn't answer it. Um, but keep writing them in if we did not answer it um, because we do this every month. So we will at some point get to your question. Um, and I try to like, you know, pick different ones too sometimes, but. Thank you guys for writing in. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I like reading those. We read all, every single one. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram at love that for you pod and go follow our together account, which is together. But the last E is a three because a lot is coming there. So that's all it. All right. Thanks, guys. Love See you, you guys. all. Bye.